This is the Gritty Bird Waterfowl Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Gritty Bird Waterfowlers. This is Chris Barbera, your host. Today's episode number eight of the show. It's December 16th. Um, getting ready for a field hunt tomorrow in the morning. Um, temperatures are drastically supposed to drop here in Colorado tonight. It's supposed to get down to a low of, I think, negative six tomorrow for Saturday. And i um, expecting a decent turnout on the fields for geese tomorrow, but you never know. Um, I've been kind of a little frustrated so far this season. We've not really gotten into a lot of birds. Um, early in the season, you know, we hit a couple on the ponds and had some luck out there. But overall, in the later season, we've been kind of coming up dry and empty-handed. So I'm trying to stay positive, but it's tough. You know, as an avid waterfowl hunter, you want to completely come back bagged out and limited out. But it's just not the case sometimes, especially with these uh, weird weather streaks that we've been having. It's been really hot. And uh, we've had an occasional cold day here and there, but for the most part, above average temperatures here in Colorado. Um, and so we've got that coming up. Uh, also, this podcast, I just kind of want to talk about um, just hunting in general. And what I mean by hunting in general is having conversations with coworkers, family, friends, whatever it may be, about what we do as hunters, you know. Um, a lot of times I'm asked, especially obviously at work, that's the main place that you're having conversations with coworkers and comes up, you know, what are you doing on the weekends? Well, for a hunter, it's a pretty obvious answer. If we have the ability to, we're out hunting in the field, um, big game, small game, whatever it may be for just going out target shooting. It's something oriented towards our, um, our passion in hunting. And a lot of my coworkers in general, um, they just don't understand, you know, why I do it. Why do I go out negative six, low, high of six degrees on a Saturday and wake up, you know, five, six o'clock in the morning to go out there? Um, it's hard to explain. It really boils down to a deeper understanding and passion for the outdoors. And all I can really say is there's something about doing something that not a lot of people do. Um, if you've ever had a passion or a hobby where maybe other people don't get it or just understand why you are so passionate about it and it's really tough to explain it to those people because if they've never done it and maybe they have done it and they just never really caught on to it um, they're just not going to understand on the level that you do how much it means to you um, what are you know some of the f factors as to why you continue to do this you know as a hunter but I really do enjoy those conversations and uh, you know a lot of the direction of hunting goes towards you know why how do you kill animals like you know what do you do with them like what what drives you to go out there and shoot a, a deer or shoot a duck or whatever it may be and those are the conversations that I like to have the most of people um, to really explain to somebody that's never gone out and shot and you know, quartered out, processed out a, a big game or even a small duck or a bird. Um, there's really nothing like it. And, you know, just recently I had pulled out of the freezer a tenderloin from our last buck that we killed out in Colorado. And <clears throat> I know I listen to Joe Rogan a lot and a lot of other guys that have some really good podcasts. And they talk about when they eat their, their harvest, their elk, their deer, how it brings them back um, to that hunt and, you know, all the memories that they had. 
um, with their friends and family when they harvested that animal. And that was the same for me. So I cooked up that tenderloin and I was just remembering every little detail about, you know, how we shot it, when we cut it up, how I, you know, took out the tenderloin. And it really just brought me back to that animal. And I don't think the same is true for, you know, a piece of meat that you get at Safeway or City Market or wherever your grocery store is, wherever you're listening to. You know, you go out, you buy some beef, and you have no idea the story behind that animal. You don't know, you know, what conditions it was living in. Obviously, you know, a lot of slaughterhouses, it's poor conditions, but um, whether that was, you know, raised humanely and, you know, the, the uh, pride and um, time it took to butcher that animal up, you know, I don't think it's the same type of, you know, emotions that run through a hunter after they shoot their, their um, big game or bird, whatever it may be, and they process that out. It's just, it's a whole different level of, you know, connecting with the animal. And, you know, I think that's a common misconception with people in the terms of they think of hunters as cruel and they don't like animals and, you know, they're against, you know, they're just against uh, having people you know, shoot an animal, and in a sense, I can understand where they're coming from, you know, I like animals a lot, and to watch them die, it's not an easy thing, you know, even from a small duck, you know, suffering from, you know, shooting it down, and it's still moving around, it's kind of hard to watch, I, I can admit that, you know, especially when it gets up to the bigger games, is deer, elk, to watch a deer or elk suffer after you shoot it, because, you know, it's true, not all animals go down in one shot, um, I mean, there's there's some cases where y your bullet misses and the animal is suffering a little bit, and th that's hard to watch. Um, but overall, uh, you know, when that animal's dead, you know, the life that it lived, running around and in the free and the wild and you know, living a healthy life, I can pride myself in saying that I I am eating something that lived a strong, full, you know, meaningful life versus a cow that has been raised in a pen and or a pig or whatever it may be, just raised in poor conditions. And I'm proud to say that I worked my ass off to to bring that um, that harvest to the table. So, you know, just explaining that, it's really hard and a lot of, even if you go over that with people, they still don't understand and they may, they may never understand that. And that's the thing that as a hunter, you got to understand um, or you got to think about when you're talking with people who have never gone out and hunted is if they've never done it and if they've never been around it, it's a f completely foreign concept. And it's not something that we should take lightly. And, you know, I don't think it's something that we should be, you know, mean to those people about or look down upon them. It's just they've never experienced it. And like many things that you've never experienced, it's a weird concept. So go into those conversations with those people, you know, trying to, with that mindset, trying to just be on their level, I think that would make huge strides for our, um, our community in the hunting um, industry. You know, just ha having more open conversations and being understanding that maybe not all people, you know, are meant to hunt. You know, maybe for them it's fine just getting their meat at the grocery store. If they're okay with not knowing where that animal came from or how it lived, if they want to eat that meat, that's fine. You know, I have nothing against that. Um, it's personally not how I would like to get my meat. I still am at the point where I'm not um, 100%, you know, getting all my meat from the field. I still go to the grocery store and purchase, you know, beef and pork and wherever it may be, turkey. Um, but I think that's a good level to strive to get to, to be able to have harvested all your animals and um, have a freezer full of wild game. I, you know, I look at all the pictures on Instagram. The guys have meat lockers just full of 
wax papered up elk and deer and it's pretty uh powerful it's like man thinking about these guys never have to go to the grocery store to buy you know protein ever they've got a complete year even sometimes a year and a half or two years full of meat supply in their freezer so um i mean that's that's the big thing is is being able to be self-sufficient and uh knowing exactly how and where your food came from um, again not all people can do it i'm still not to that point but it's definitely uh something I'm looking forward to. Another thing I've noticed when having conversations with people who have never gone out and hunted is how open and receptive they are to hunting. I mean, yes, you're gonna get those people who are super anti-hunting and are closed-minded about it, but I think there's a good majority of people out there who just are completely um, blind to hunting in general. The idea of them is so foreign that they just can't really wrap their heads around it. And when we have the conversations with them, it just opens their eyes up to a, a completely different type of uh, experience. And this experience is one that obviously us as hunters are super passionate about. And I can tell that when I bring that passion, you know, talking about hunting and how you know much it means to me, and you know, just the excitement in my voice, they kind of get on that level too. And they're you know, like at some some of them are just like, man, I kind of want to actually go out there with you and try it out. And for me, that's super gratifying because. As I've mentioned in previous podcasts, um, there's nothing really like going out with new people who have never gone out and hunted or maybe someone that hasn't done it in a long time. Um, it's super rewarding to have them out there and be with you when you're just having a good time with, with your friends. And a lot of hunting is that. It's just about having a good time and sharing memories with people because, let's be honest, as much as we like to glorify, you know, killing and shooting things it really it's not 100 percent of the time that you do that a lot of it's spent sitting and quiet um obviously with good company it's not as quiet and not as bad um has a boring group of people but yeah a lot of it's uh time to reflect on what you're doing just sitting on the outdoors and enjoying you know good company so um that's that's something that i have found recently is that uh, previously i hadn't been so open to hunting and talking with people i mean I'm just bringing it up in conversation, but I have been more active and proactive in uh, bringing up such conversations with my coworkers and friends um, at work, and I've gotten a pretty good response from them. So I'm going to continue to do it. I'm going to try to be more proactive in bringing up hunting and just explaining to them, you know, what what it is and how how it works and some of the things that we do when we go out there. <clears throat> if I were to summarize what hunting means to me. Um, I think hunting it to me is the pursuit of an animal that I have great respect and pride for, as well as enjoying the outdoors and everything that com encompasses it. Um, survival, feeling vulnerable, you know, being cold and hot and tired and exhausted all at the same time. Um, all of that wrapped up together and sometimes with a successful outcome. Um, that's what hunting is. It's it's having good times with family, friends, whoever you're out there with, and enjoying their company, and just knowing that you're back into some deeply rooted connection with Mother Nature. That's really hard to describe to somebody that's never done it. So all I can say is uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never hunted, um, don't feel intimidated by it. A lot of us started somewhere, so you got to get out there and um, give it a shot. It may or may not be for you, but there's only one way to find out, and that's to to try it out. So I want to thank you guys for listening. This has been an awesome episode. It's been short, quick, to the point. Um, but I think it's a powerful message that a lot of us hunters can portray is 
not feeling ashamed of who we are as hunters and letting those around us know how how we function and how we operate out there and that we do care for animals and that we're not just out there murdering them for for no reason so as always i want to thank you guys for listening to the gritty bird waterfowl podcast um, please leave us any comments or feedbacks to our email grittybirdwaterfellers at gmail.com grittybirdwaterfellers at gmail.com i uh, love the interaction that we've been getting on our instagram page um tr- not an avid poster on there on a day-to-day basis, but have been trying to get frequent on there. So um, keep up the work and sending us information and cool pics, posts, whatever it may be. Uh, also, um, please leave us a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, and we're working on getting on Stitcher for more of the Android users. But um, yeah, any type of feedback, whether that's good or bad, it helps our show so we can appeal to more a broader audience out there. And uh, just want to thank you guys for listening. It means a lot, and we'll talk to you guys soon.